Hello there, Jared the Dark Jedi here. As all of you are aware, the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild are both on strike. And after uh, some consideration, it has been determined that review content, uh, like what is mostly predominantly makes up uh, a lot of what we produce, is still going to be um, not consider crossing the picket line. It is still encouraged by uh, the Screen Actors Guild who established new terms um, additional to what was being asked to be complied with with the WGA. What we do here, the conversations we love to have with, uh, with a bunch of our friends to have with you guys um, is not possible. The stories we love to talk about, the stories that we love, do not get made without the blood, sweat, tears, creativity, and brilliance of the writers and actors. And currently, the studios who produce the things we love um, are working these writers and actors to death, not compensating them appropriately, and are trying to replace them with AI. I would think it goes without saying that the Nerd Academy podcast stands staunchly with the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild and we'll be supporting them from here until the end of these strikes in whatever way that we can. There will be links in each episode description so that you are able to see how you can help, where you can help, how you can donate to uh, different funds to keep um, you know, uh, food in the belly and roofs over the heads of the writers and actors who are trying to make historic change in Hollywood as we speak. This review, this discussion, this news roundup, whatever the episode may be, uh, was recorded during these strikes. And our love for the works of these writers, of these actors, will continue to be praised and discussed while they fight for their rights. And I want to implore everybody watching and listening to aid in whatever way they can. We stand in solidarity, and we ask that you do too. So, without any further ado, here's the show. The Nerd Academy podcast is released weekly at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, available on our website at www.thenerdacademypodcast.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find the Nerd Academy podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also help support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash the Nerd Academy podcast, where every donation allows us to bring you more exciting content every week. Good morning, class, and welcome back to the Nerd Academy podcast, your source for nerddom news and commentary. I am your host and superior web headmaster, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and we're talking Secret Invasion, the show as a whole. Uh, you know, if you guys uh, have been keeping up, you know, you know, Travis, myself, and our guest, Mitch, from the comic book cast, Kind of lukewarm at best on Secret Invasion, which is really disappointing because I think it had a lot of potential. I was really enjoying it at the very beginning. Um, you know, I, I it is important to me to just you know kind of always reiterate. 
I I think there's a lot of good in this show. I think there's a lot of great performances. I think there's a lot of good ideas, and I don't think a lot of them are fully baked. Um, and we have we have a conversation about that kind of spitballs ways that we would have uh, shifted the show around. Um, programming notes, real quick up top. Uh, I said you guys wouldn't be getting any content this week. I lied. Uh, my, my, my new employers, uh, our little training week has gotten, uh, moved around a little bit. So what you guys can expect from us is going to be, uh, this episode you're watching right now, our secret invasion season review. And then tomorrow or Sunday, I'm not sure yet. Um, you can expect a review of star Wars inquisitor rise of the red blade with Scotty holiday. Uh, they're going to be joining me for a very fun conversation about a book both of us loved. And yeah, I'm super excited to have them on the show for the first time. Uh, Scotty's great. They are very funny. They are very intelligent. They are very easy on the eyes. Oh, I'm very, very excited uh, to talk shop with them. Our Mr. Radtastic DC Cinematic Universe episode is forthcoming. Uh, we're, I, again, if the stars align and we're able to sneak it in here uh, while we wait uh, for my training week to kick off, uh, we're going to try to get that snuck in there tomorrow at time of record. Uh, it, is, it is August 2nd, Wednesday, as of right now. So fingers crossed if we're able to sneak that in there. That's a big maybe, though. I'm waiting to see what's going on with Travis. Uh, so either next week or the week after, expect that Mr. Radtastic episode. And then, like I've said before, Versus Series and Heroic History 101 are going to get back on track here once we get past all this nonsense. Uh, but yeah, programming notes for you guys. Uh, with that, I do want to go ahead and give a uh, thank you to our sponsors, Sunday Bloody Sunday's Bloody Mary. Uh, you guys know the drill. Sundaysbloodymary.com has the most badass Bloody Mary accoutrement in the multiverse with their three-time award-winning spicy Caesar mix and their mild and traditional mixes if the spice ain't for you. Uh, if you want to get your freak on and garnish that bad boy, you can use their pickled dilly beans, okra, and asparagus. Uh, I love good pickled asparagus in my Bloody Mary. And if you're nasty, you can go ahead and salt that rim while you're at it. So get on over, get some of the best Bloody Mary mix I have ever had. As you guys know, I am a former, maybe future, bartender, and I pride myself on being able to make a good Bloody Mary from scratch. It's something my mom taught me how to do. I was her bartender, Padawan. And uh, yeah, I make Bloody Marys from scratch. Or at least I did until I got my hands on Sunday's Bloody Mary. I do not like Bloody Mary mix. As a general rule, I think most of it is just kind of... Ugh. It's not, it's not as good as a Bloody Mary you can make for scratch, except for Sunday's Bloody Mary. Uh, it, is, it is my favorite stuff, and it just, it just tastes so damn good. Uh, but anyway, uh, with all that said, me, Travis, Mitch, talking secret invasion, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we think we could have changed, all that stuff. And now... Hello there. It is time to talk about Secret Invasion, the series as a whole. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm excited to unpack some feelings after getting to think about it for a little bit. Um, obviously, I was, I, was, I was graciously invited to keep up traditions onto the comic book cast to do uh, the season review over there as well. So you guys know the drill. Mitch comes over here. It's a, it's a it's a fun little uh, uh exchange student type thing going on uh but yeah it's me we got travis we got mitch 
And we're going to be talking about Secret Invasion. So, Mitch, I'm going to throw to you first, man. How week to week, uh, how were you feeling? Like from premiere to finale, like week to week, how how, how were you feeling about the show? Uh, Premiere, I felt okay. I thought it was a decent start. Not my favorite, but it was a decent start. And the less said about the other five weeks, the better, I think. It's very much progressively worse (laughs) as it went on. And has it been a week since it finished now? Yeah. Well, that's the longest week I think I've ever lived. Um, Yeah, it's. I have not gotten any better on my feelings on the show. I think it doesn't help the directors out here talking all kinds of crap, right? And it's... Oh, yeah. I think it was Civil War. Like, did, really? Uh, yeah. I listen. It is unfortunate that the director, I think, was sent to the press without a full deck. I am part of me is inclined to kind of hand that L to Disney Marvel. Because, I mean, sure, like, sure. like, what do you mean you don't know, man? Like, you know, and it's. It's one of the situations where like the MCU as a whole is it is this very complicated web of individual creators and the forward momentum of a shared continuity, you know, mm. like it's, it's something that I think, you know, everybody, and it's, it's something that I think a lot of fans of the MCU want to have their cake and eat it too. with. I think there's a lot of people who consume MCU stuff who simultaneously want like auteur visions that also are like in the lead up to like something massive. And when you have something that is very standalone and very uh, character driven, people get angry that there wasn't enough setup for the next thing. And when there's something that is very much laying the groundwork for the next project, people get angry that it wasn't, uh, you know, mm. a, a black and white silent film. Um, that said, uh, I am inclined to agree with you. I don't think I've softened on the show at all. No. Um, I know anybody who's watching the show, like anybody who's watching Secret Invasion with us week to week, we'll be doing our reviews. You know, I, I, I kept on banging this drum of I am liking these individual episodes. I am liking moments in each of these episodes. I don't know how the fuck you do this in six, you know? And no, I don't, no. I, I don't, I don't want to have to keep repeating that, but like, I truly think I, tr- it's, it is, I think it is the, the, the core of the, of secret invasions woes here. I think it is, I think it is the sickness that plagues this show, a show that otherwise I fucking loved, you know, like these are one of those, I, I absolutely love what this show was going for. I like I loved the vibes. I loved the ideas. It is just the fact that they are not left in the oven long enough to bake into something cogent, coherent, you know? Um you know, the longer I stew on it, the more I'm like Maria Hill's dead. Who like and it's not to say that Maria Hill ever had like some big grand arc in the MCU, but like she's an important, like, you know, planetary character, you know? And in, in, in that hierarchy of like street level, you know, like an international or like planetary character, and then you got your cosmic shit. Maria Hill's a pretty big deal there. And like she's oh, yeah, dead. she's a she's a Nick Fury character. Yeah. Literally she's... taking his role over in the comics, like, Yeah. Know, they wasted her since day one, but he, he had a golden chance here with Nick Fury having his little midlife crisis and wanting to live in space. 
uh, have Maria Hill take over everything, but no, we got to gratuitously kill her off for no reason. I mean, and listen, two things with what you just said. First of all, I've said this before. I said this with Black Widow. I think there is very much a like a a hidden mini phase that could have should have happened, perhaps that would have just been like the secret Avengers era that I think there was a lot of material for like in between civil war and infinity war. Like I, I, I stand by what I said with the black and our black widow review um, with the very idea that there, that you, that if civil war was in, if, if you frame civil war as an Avengers movie, just Avengers civil war, that Captain America three can be Captain America secret Avenger. And you can maybe bring in some of the Netflix characters, maybe do a story where it's like, you know, Steve and Natasha and, um, you know, everybody else who was in that, uh, Sam. Um, and then you rope in someone like Luke Cage and Iron Fist, maybe, you know, you tell a story with like, you know, very, very much like that core team that, uh, Cap was running with in Civil War. I think that would have been cool in like the comic Civil War and like Ultimate Alliance Civil War. I think that would have been cool, you know. And again, it's it's one of those like I, I hate to say wasted potential. I think it's very much like a like a, a Monday morning quarterback type thing to yeah. throw around. But like in that vein, this story could have been so integral to that. This could have had like like and again, I know I'm saying like Secret Invasion could have been the payoff to a story that never fucking happened. But like. There, there. I just, I look at Secret Invasion, and all I see is potential. All I see is like so many moments and beats and stones left unturned or like not fully developed. You know, like we could have gotten like a few stories in the MCU where like Maria Hill's hunting the Avengers. You know, we could have gotten like actual Maria Hill doing shit. You know, um. And like whenever she got shot and died, like for real died, I was like, all right, I guess we're never going to tell a Maria Hill story then. Um, damn, I, I, I'm still shocked by that. Like, honestly, I am still shocked that like, especially if it's I, so I, I, I genuinely don't think I, I, this wasn't the right. If you're going to kill her off, fine, kill her off. You, you, you do whatever you want to do. If she wanted out, she wanted out. But that could have been like you open the show by going, Hey, look, Martin Freeman's characters are scrolled this entire time, or whenever the hell it was, they don't even know. You could have had that moment be the oh shit, they're scrolls as everyone. Like people would have probably or at least I would have brought it a bit more. If it was Maria Hill, she gets shot and then she's a scroll in the middle of the street. That's what I was gonna say. So you're saying like Maria gets gunned down and is a yeah. scroll. I'd be into that. I'd be into that. I think that would have been a great moment. I think that, you know, there's a, there's a weird push and pull with this series as well, where I think there's a lot of people like, and, and this, this is why I hate being on the side of not liking a thing is that Mm. like, I, it's so hard to find decent criticism of like star Wars and Marvel that isn't just rooted in like caveman brain. You know, where like, for example, I was getting ready for work and I was like, you know, I've listened to all my podcasts for the week and I'm like, oh, fucking comic story and did a secret invasion video. Just clicked on it while I'm getting dressed. 
And like the first words out of his mouth are the live action secret invasion was bad because there weren't any superheroes. And I'm like, nope, wrong. That is not the core fucking issue. And, you know, and it's like, you were going to make me defend this show I didn't like from from dog shit criticism. You know, I feel like, I, and not to say that I didn't like it, but like, I feel like I'm right back at Andor where it's like, I am telling, where, where it's like everybody likes it for all the wrong reasons. And it drives me insane where people are like shitting on Secret Invasion for all the wrong reasons. Anyway, Travis, how are you feeling since then before, before I ramble any longer? I had two Cheddar Bay Biscuits before we started recording, so I really needed that. But I didn't yeah. want to crack it before being introduced. Um, the MCU was ruined. If yes. you liked the show, you're yeah, a beta soybean. And uh, you don't deserve Cheddar Bay Biscuits. I... I'm just, yeah. I know, but dude, you say that. Fucking, was it Variety or Vanity Fair published that exact article today? I'm going to walk into the ocean. Like an actual trick. <laughs> like motherfuckers who know better. You know, just 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 pretending, you know, stuff like Guardians or Wakanda Forever doesn't exist. Like every time a single bad thing or something that people don't even like comes out, it's the death of the MCU. It's such it's so fucking silly. Yeah, but Angry Unga Bunga gets the clicks. So. I know Angry Unga Bunga gets the clicks and it makes me Angry Unga Bunga. <laughs> Any yeah, anytime I see anyone be like, "This is the end of the MCU. It's dying. Everything's bad." I'm like, "Phase two. Phase two. Yeah, yeah. Hell, phase one. <laughs> <laughs> name, name one person that likes Thor one besides the people on this podcast. I'll wait. Oh. I said besides you and, uh, <laughs> and maybe Mitch. I don't know. It's all right." I mean, it's hey, it, it's, it's a Kenneth Brana joint, which means I'm in. I'm in for anything Kenneth Brana yeah. related. Um, there's an un, there's a god an awful amount of Dutch angles in that movie for some reason. I don't know why, but it's jarring, and I still um, love it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. You know, I thought the opening was fine, if not a little, because again, I I was expecting something a little different than what we were getting, and then I warmed up to what we were getting, and then it was like, wow, that was like a very underbaked loaf of bread that we just got. Yeah. Well, I think for me, you know, and we did, we, we talked about it week to week and seeing it all come to fruition here. I, you know, there were, there were episodes that just kind of felt like they were obviously supposed to be there and weren't mm -hmm. like mm. episode three should have been, all about Fury and Vara's relationship. Like, starting with that flashback we get in episode three, where Vara introduces Fury to Gravik. And then just these, like, and I know I've used this example, like, five times now, but, like, the like, very same time next year, where it's, like, just jumping ahead and jumping ahead, and maybe we get them on a mission together doing something. And, like, in that, we get to see what Fury's perception of scroll kind is you know yeah. we well, never get despite the fact that fury has this like relationship with the scrolls one of his best friends in talos is a scroll 
we never understand why Vara felt the need to never change back into her true form. Because, like, they make it clear. Fury knows she's a squirrel. He knows she had to get this face somewhere. But, like, at no point is, like, do we ever get a moment from Fury where he goes, like, yeah, I love who you are. But, like, the the the, the green tactile pointy ears thing is kind of freaking me out. Can you stay looking like me? Yeah. I, for me that, I mean, that is kind of the root of the issue with the show is like one, the show is trying to project this idea that it's this big global event. It's this big geopolitical event uh, that we don't get a ton of really throughout the show. And then like, what we do get is supposed to be rooted in this relationship between theory and the scrolls that's talked about, but never explored. And while that would be fine if it had been explored elsewhere, it's not. So we're relying on the show to introduce these, all these characters besides Talos, give us all the details on their previous relationship and their current relationship. And then give us something meaningful after that, that it doesn't have time. Even if you had gone to nine or 12 episodes, I don't know. You would have had time to do all of that and make it not feel like there was filler because then on the other side, and I agree this show should have been longer, but on the other side, if you had that episode about their relationship, everyone would have been like, this episode didn't need to be here. This show is called secret invasion. At which point I say, why wasn't this show just called fury? Besides maybe some titling issues. Yeah. I mean, at that point, though, like, I I, I already get annoyed enough whenever people just call, an, like, a character-focused episode filler. Like, it was like that episode. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying like, I would I, agree I, with I, that take. Yeah, I, I know that. But, like, or even to that, like, if the show's called Secret Invasion, it's called the Book of Boba Fett. Why is, why is Din Djar in here? Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, well, no. It's, we're watching the invasion happen right now. We're watching the seeds of it get sown. And I find, again, it is, I've said this before. I am somebody who can be blinded by an amazing performance. I think, I think there are movies and shows that people dislike that I love, that my enjoyment of them is rooted solely in, I bought performances. And that was enough to draw me in. And for example, I think that's a big reason why I love The Dark Knight Rises so much is that I just love Tom Hardy's Bane. You know, as a hot prob- take. problematic as it may be, like I I just love the I just love his whole vibe. Like I love the fucking monologuing. I love how dramatic he is. He's like the, he's one of the only characters in the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy that actually feels like a comic book villain. Um plus I'm a I'm a sucker for like a husky guy with a respirator. You know, are we coding that husky now? Is that... I mean, he's bulky. He's a big boy. He's a thick boy. You know, like uh, crab in a cup. Is that husky? No, you knew what I meant. You go oh, fuck. <laughs> um, he's cool as shit. That's okay. I I will, I will ride. That's, or that's, die. A, take. I, that's I, a take. I I I ride or die for the Dark Knight Rises, and I I'm, mm. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, but but like even but with 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 this show. I am so enraptured by uh, the chemistry between Sam Jackson and the and, and the woman who plays Vara that I'm like, oh, I want more of this, you know. And they 
act so hard <laughs> in the end. Yeah, where oh, yeah. Sam Jackson is doing so much, which again, like for me, I think that's the. Re- I was thinking about this literally driving home today from work. That like a lot of my favorite things pulled from comics in the MCU are not in movies where like it's named after that. I lost my shit over them doing Planet Hulk stuff in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, because I think that story is really cool and would have been cool to adapt. But like, obviously, knew they'd never do it. So seeing that they did that at all was great. They didn't have to be its own thing, just like a nod to like, yes, we know this story exists and we know people like it. So I think you could have done something similar where like you put in, you're like, yeah, we're loosely using things from Secret Invasion. This is a Nick Fury story. We're going to tell a Nick Fury story. I think that, I think that is my biggest issue is that like it wants to be this character driven yeah, focal point for this, mm. for what's happening behind the scenes, and then because it has to be this geopolitical thriller that it doesn't have time to be and doesn't want to commit the resources to being, you know, no. like because no, uh, yeah, we're, we're I, told I off the cuff, you. we're told off the bat that like oh there's the string of terrorist attacks and it's all scrolls like immediately in the first five minutes mm. and it's like why why are we told this right away instead of chaining it together, figuring it out and then trying to stop it in the end. Yeah. Or as I've said before, if we know all of this already, like why are we not beginning the show where it ends? Yeah. With like the, Mm. with, with, with the president like going, Hey, it's open season on an entire kind of person, you know, like that, like that is what boggles my mind. Is like I, I think I do truly think that had had that decision not been made at the end, people would have been like, "Yeah, Secret Invasion just kind of you know the wheels fell off." We'll we'll see if we ever see any of this stuff again in the future. I I do think we would have forgotten about it by now. The fact that it ends in such a batshit insane way, I think immortalized this show. I really do. I really think that like Secret Invasion is going to go down as the worst finale. Um, oh, it's, easily hands down. Like, you know, and and again, and I hate I hate saying stuff like that, man. I don't I don't like doing like negative reviews, but like, ah, you can't help it when they give you something like this. Yeah, like it's just I I I, I struggle to wrap my brain around some of these decisions made. You know, have a fucking graphic episode. You know, I just, I, I, I keep, I keep wondering what Fury did wrong. Like, and that's the thing is like, we never find out why there's not a new scroll home world. We never do. That's the real secret in it. Yeah. There is no moment where Fury gets to fall on his sword or lie his way out or make excuses or do anything as a character. It is just, thank you, Naya. Um, it is just him, you know, just, oh, I didn't, I didn't get around to it. Okay. Why? I, and again, I think having there be some kind of like having some, there be some episode with graphic where he realizes that like superhumans and the Avengers have become his new pet project, you know, let there be like an, like, like let 
let Gravik be that like, you know, child trying to warm himself by, you know, burning the village down. You know, like Kingsley Benadir, mm-hmm. again, like we're talking about Sam Jackson. Kingsley Benadir acts his ass off in this show. He is so sinister and so like I, I do think he's like legitimately captivating in this show. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think he's fascinating, but like he like it's it's he he did Falcon and the Winter Soldier a favor because now the Flag Smashers are fucking reasonable. <laughs> the Flag Smashers seem coherent next to, you know, this. I it, it, it is just truly baffling and disappointing. And, you know, I, I, I come away from the show kind of with this like heavy head knowing that Talos was wrong and that Gravik was right. And that just leaves such a bad taste in my mouth because there was no there was no allegory explored for graphic to be right. If you know what I mean, like. Like there, there was there was never a moment where it was graphic is right, but. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Talos was kind of wrong, but it is just, oh, yeah. The world found out about how many scrolls are here, and now they're going to try to do an ethnic cleansing of them. And it is As just we so... are asked to do, yeah. And like, sure, but why can't it be a more happy ending? You know, and I don't I mean it is for Fury and his wife. Yeah, they get the space station. <laughs> <sighs> and like I said, that is that, that is the part that just really blows my mind. Like it is the entire, like last 10 minutes of this show that I do think like kills it. That I think just like makes enough wild decisions right at the end that it kind of, kind of, I hate to use the term ruins, but it, I think it's, I think it is the thing that retroactively makes the show worse. Mm-hmm. Is that there is no, you know, there is no there is no satisfying ending. Fury is leaving in the middle of this scroll like genocide that's being whipped up. And apparently the Cree coming to the table for peace talks was an option. Like that alone could have been the plot here. That alone could have been Fury just being yeah. like, I have spent 30 years trying to get the Kree to negotiate, and they are finally willing to talk, and now you want to nuke the planet because Daddy didn't give you enough attention. That is enough conflict for me. That is enough of an explanation of, like, Gravik being so radical that, like, no, we're not going to accept any type of pity from the Kree. You failed us. They failed us. And your people are going to pay for it. You don't get to make us walk with our tail between our legs to the people who are trying to genocide us first. Fuck you. That is an amazing that, – like, that's great. That is great. You know? that, And I think you can then get into some really fascinating subtext about how, you know – very much like, a, well, if you don't, if you just choose not to have it be an issue, you know, very respectability politics. Why riot when you can just politely ask for people not to kill you? You know, like you can actually have some type of subtext, some meat on the bone here. And instead, like, it's just shit just happens. Yep. Mm. It really, I mean, 
I I don't know if I said this about this show earlier when we talked about one of the episodes, but like it does kind of feel like an AI generated story. A hundred percent, yeah. And like, you know, why is why do we need the super scroll subplot besides to have the big blowout fight at the end that doesn't really mean anything? Because we got um, Fantastic Four coming down the line at some point, and we want to use yeah. that as a villain. But you could have easily, you could have easily just been like hinted at a super scroll project at the end of the yeah. show and not had to do that fight and then you have more time to make the finale of the show actually like a thriller instead of that yeah because like the the fight's fine but like it, it could have been so much more of of a whodunit spider-man pointing at each other meme of like yeah. Actually, you're Gravic, but actually, you're Fury, but actually, Fury's another scroll, but actually, you're Gravic. Well, I think but. you could also go like another other direction with the Super Scroll stuff. Is that I, I can't remember how to say the name, but in the second episode, in what might be one of the best scenes in the show, the tell me something I don't know moment on the train, when Talos brings up, like, oh, like there's the scrolls here, and then there's the scrolls. In a different place. Oh yeah, the um the colony. Yeah, like the Empire colony. I can't yeah, with that, with, yeah, with like the the Skrull Imperial colony. Hmm. Where like again, that could also be a thing with Gravik. Is that like they're like oh like look at how our people are being debased by the by the by the meat bags on planet Earth, you know? Like Gravik is working for this Skrull Emperor in some effort to to usurp the planet. And it is that emperor who is developing the super scroll technology and throws him a bone. It's not developed on Earth. It is developed beyond the stars, a technology even someone like Fury isn't familiar with. You know? Like, there's your element. And motherfucker, they're set up for the Fantastic Four, too. Here's a new space villain. Instead of nondescript Cree number eight. I am so excited for the Marvels. I don't know who the fucking villain is. I don't. Bender, I think. And I don't... Oh, she can kiss my shiny metal ass. Um, (laughs) But, like, I Tom Hiddleston's wife. So I know. Oh, well, keep it in the family. Um, (laughs) Like, I'm so excited for the Marvels. And, like, I'm excited for... I'm excited for uh, Carol, for Monica, and Kamala. I don't know anything else about that movie. I don't need to because I'm there for those three. Um, but yeah, I just like at every moment, it feels like the wrong choice was made with this show. Like you could have like if you, you zigged where you should have zagged and those zigs could have been actual like within this within within the four walls of this narrative stuff to develop it or it could have been set up and laying groundwork and world building like it it felt like such a nothing burger and it kind of upsets me in that way like a lot of the a lot of the marvel shows get get shit for either being it's like, it's like too self-contained for its own good or doesn't set anything up at all or it's, it's spending too much time setting everything up uh, setting up things down the road and this show kind of did like none of that either <laughs> you know like it, you it did it didn't make itself a hype factory 
and it wasn't self-contained and exciting for like its own story um you know, by by the end, at least, like the week to week, ooh, what's going to happen next was a lot of fun, but like it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't like like by the end, you you just you you realize there's too much to accomplish in forty minutes. I I would argue that even the what's going to happen next week wasn't even that fun because again, the show didn't really hold besides like that one cliffhanger of her answering the phone. There was yeah. never really a moment of like. What a reveal! What's gonna happen next? It was just, hey, this happened. Yeah, we'll explain. So, it oh, we shot this scene. person. Yep. We shot that person. This We're person. Explain anything confusing about this will be explained in a line of dialogue in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. we got you. And that's all any movie or show is gonna do. That's gonna follow this. The Marvels, you're gonna have maybe five minutes, if that. I, I can't even imagine that, to be honest. Uh, Captain I mean, America, Brave New World, you're going to get, oh, oh, hey, he was a one-term president. Now Harrison Ford is. Let's go. Well, at the very least, though, I would, like, okay, if if Brave New World picks up with President Lunatic getting ousted and President Ross being inaugurated and most of that plot is now we need to repair our relationship with the other countries because this crazy fuck greenlit a genocide and like, you know, new Asgard are considered off worlders and they're considered enemies of the state, Yeah, maybe. you know, or in, in, in like, like oh, there's, there's, there's pockets there of it. Like, okay, it is Thaddeus Ross has to unfuck this situation on a global scale. And it involves Captain America. Like, like again, the president being ousted that may sure that may take five minutes, but if there's repercussions from this show, great. I want there to be repercussions that like echo out. And like, at least for me to like, you know, cure the bad taste in my mouth, Mitch, we talked about this on CBC that the whole idea of um, like, I'm pr- we're praying that like, Oh, Saber, like we're, 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 we're going to be like a sanctuary for scrolls up here. Yeah. Like we're we are funneling scrolls up here so that you know President Knight of Long Knives can't fuck with them. You know, like we're just we're we're going to protect them again. Again, big bad taste out of my mouth immediately. You know that where it's like okay, so Fury did not abandon them. We just all we saw was his like first trip back up and his beautiful mm-hmm. moment with his wife. Not his beautiful moment with his wife being tarnished by the fact that he is damning millions of squirrels to die. Horribly. And the humans. And the humans who are getting killed too. You know, like he he's just going to let this like weird space race war play out for shiggles. Yeah. And just peace Wouldn't out. Wouldn't you? No. <laughs> are you sure? I, I I can say pretty confidently if if the ball were in my court, uh, I would not just uh, be happy with death to all of them. Oh, Beta move. They ruined Rhodey, so absolutely death to all of them. Uh, I don't know if they ruined Rhodey. They ruined Rhodey. I, I will. That's that's the, my main takeaway from the show is they destroyed that character. I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see. I that those are one of those like okay. 
you set up something big. Let's see what the follow through looks like. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm willing to let them cook with the Ross and Rhodey stuff. I'm willing to let them cook. That feels like a decision that was made from on high going into this show because they had plans for it elsewhere. Like, I mean, yeah. maybe, but right now it's just. Uh... Well, because for me, you know, you get to. I think you get to explore something very fascinating with Rhodey where now you get to watch him go, well, this person who wasn't me like became this high up in the United States government. Yeah. So, my, like, my thing do is, do I no, inherit no. their responsibilities now? Uh, oh yeah. My best friend is dead. And now we actually do get to like spend more time with Rhodey in the immediate aftermath of Tony's death, you know, that we didn't get to before. Because the rest of the MCU was like, boom, WandaVision, boom, Falcon Number Soldier, boom, Black Widow, boom, Shang-Chi. And again, I love those projects, but, well, most of those projects, but we don't get to spend a whole lot of time with Rhodey. The only time we do get to see from Rhodey post Endgame is the conversation he had with Sam. Maybe you now it was Scroll. So I'm very fascinated to see. Like, yeah, here's what happened. Like, you know, Vision shot you out of the sky, paralyzed you. Uh, The Cap and his crew went on the run for a few years. We were invaded by aliens again. Half of everybody died. You know? I I would even say that there's a possibility that this is a fake out and he's actually only been out since Endgame. Because we'll you have to, you have to do a lot of explaining to convince me that the decisions Rhodey made in Endgame, like specifically, uh, or maybe it was Infinity War. Infinity War, um, right? I have to rewatch those movies. The one where he hangs up on Ra on that's Ross. Infinity War. It's Infinity, Infinity War. War. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so like. Those decisions, that conversation feel too much like actual roadie to me and not like someone who would call Fury Nick. Yeah. But this is the inherent problem with the concept, right? Because yeah. Yeah. they obviously weren't thinking about it at that time. So it's written to be roadie. There's nothing in anywhere right. in what they've made that is going to incline you to think that this is a scroll. So retroactively going back is the worst choice you can make. Whereas if they were going, hey, Secret Invasion is a Phase 7 thing. Rhodey's been a scroll since Phase 4 or Phase 4, Phase 5, whatever. Fine, that can work. Perhaps. Because then you can plant the seeds of everything. You can have those weird little moments of this guy's acting out a character. Like we had that recently with something. And I can't think what it was. It might be in WandaVision thinking about it where everyone's trying to figure something out but we haven't had that with this show and you needed that to help it along especially with what we got like you could have really had that to help you out but i think we didn't get an, it. i think another issue we run up against here though is like <laughs> like adaptability you know one of the reasons why it's easier to pull off a story like secret invasion in the comics is that you have all the apparatuses of comic book bullshit, you know? It's harder to do, oh, they died and then got better in live action. 
people, most people, like a lot of people are going to buy that kind of thing, you know? So like doing something as crazy as, yeah, we, we have like this whole army of like dozens of superheroes who are on all these different interconnected, um, in Sepatico teams go all over the world and simultaneously trying to like take down these, like what we believe could possibly be scroll cells, you know? And at the same time that's happening, a bunch of heroes show up in their older costumes and everybody's like, Oh wait, wait, hold, hold the fuck up. Captain America died a couple months ago. You know, what the fuck are you doing here in the, in that old timey suit? This is confusing. And is it real? Are you back? Like, like that, like that question alone. Like if Tony Stark showed up in this show, there is no like apparatus for. Oh, there is a chance you're back from the dead because mm-hmm. we don't typically do that here. Or fuck, even Steve doing exactly like Secret Invasion in the comics. Have it be Steve that shows up. You know. Yeah. In, in, in yeah, like, Steve's in, in the best spot for that, right? Because you see him old one minute, then you can see him as young and next, and you, people can go, "Oh, well, they fixed it with timey wimey crap, right?" No, yeah, yeah. It's There's fine. weird timeline yeah, I think it's stuff. A reverse flash him. There were the multiverse is coming yeah. undone, and oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, you fucking Mysterio. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Captain America from a different reality. You know, no, you're a fucking scroll. Like, there's, there's stuff you could do there to maybe like adapt it. And again, I don't necessarily think that it not being directly adapted is part of the problem. I don't think that oh, there's not enough superheroes. Oh, the the people getting masqueraded as aren't superheroes isn't necessarily the problem. I think the problem is that there's not enough characters in this show to like waggle that carrot with. Mm-hmm. You know, like Rhodey is the only has, one. Rhodey felt obvious for forever. There were so many people. I was saying it. Nando V movies was saying it very famously. Was like Rhodey, like if they ever do a, if they ever do a secret invasion type story, Rhodey's gonna be a fucking scrawl. And then they announced the show, and then Don Cheadle's gonna be it, and everybody went, Well, there's our scroll. There's our big twist scroll. Hmm. You know? I say people thought it was Rhodey for so long. I genuinely can't remember why people thought it was gonna be Rhodey. My memory of the history of that is just people just decided Rhodey. Well, people thought it was gonna be Rhodey. He he was the person who would like have that if you know executed well. Um, and you know, it's obviously super subjective, but like that, if it were executed, well, Rhodey carries the most weight, it would spawn the most fascinating story of with us getting Rhodey back potentially. And he's like one of the few characters we have left that turning him into a scroll now wouldn't completely wipe the slate of a character that I think would require a lot more tender love and care to bring back to where they were like Sam or Bucky or mm. Wanda or fucking strange, you know, like how, like, like how, like how do you, it would harder to take Sam or Bucky, for example. Yeah. And be like, one of them has been a scroll this whole time or has been a scroll for so long that some, that a huge event took place that, well, would, I, that, that is the fundament for their change. What you saying, and I think the reason for that also is because all those characters now have, so I mean, either already did or now have solo projects like Bucky yeah. and Sam, you can't do because they have their own project. And if you make one of them a scroll, you void that whole project. Rhodey's like the only principal character of the Avengers that has never had that I can think of off the top of my head. 
No, because Ahmed had, is going to be the he first. He just has one. Yeah. yeah, and then and that is that yeah, there's one of those few bits of setup that like okay, congratulations, you have set up a story that will involve Rhodey having to make peace with what happened here. Um, and again, I could be sold on it, but I do think that is also part of the problem with Secret Invasion, is that like it it turned into an incompetent spy thriller because I don't think they could have done the like straight up invasion of the body snatchers paranoia thing. And I think that, I think that like there was a little bit of lizard brain that happened at Marvel where there was like, Oh, scrolls and shapeshift. That would make for a good spy story. When it furies are spy and we don't have the apparatus of comic book bullshit to have it be, replicant armies of uh, superheroes fighting each other. So what if we like dial back the like duplicate Avengers showing up in the Savage Land and just have it be a spy thriller with shapeshifters? Great concept. And again, I am okay with the fact that it is called Secret Invasion. I love Avengers Age of Ultron and Wolverine doesn't do any time travel in that story. Wolverine's not in it. <laughs> um, is it Wolverine or Ant-Man who goes back in time? And... It's both, isn't it? Is it both? I can't remember. It's been so I long. I think so. I, th- I thought um, it was Hank Pym and... Wolverine's definitely the main core one, but I'm certain yeah. Hank Pym plays a massive okay. part. I couldn't remember. But sense. still, you know, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm okay with you guys using the name. And I, I, it just, ah, Civil War was able to pull it off. Civil War was able to be like, we're going to, we're going to pull back a lot of the craziness and our story, but our story is still going to be Tony Stark versus Steve Rogers over an issue of how much authority the government gets over superheroes and superpowered and enhanced individuals. And they were able to make it work because I think it had like a more straightforward vision. And I do want to say, yeah. and I don't, and I, don't, I don't see, I don't see a whole lot of conversation about this that I do just feel like needs to be brought up a little bit more here. We do know this show had some reshoots at hand. So like, you know, there's a lot of trailer footage that is altered by the time you see the show. Like, you know, that episode that ended with Gaia getting popped by Gravik, you know, where like we knew she survived because there's that shot of her holding Talos's body. And we were right, she survived, but that shot doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, so, like, that that moment that you'd think is, like, super core to the, like, like to, the, to the emotional, like, uh, you know, thrust of the show is nowhere to be found. And every single trailer, every single tiny piece of marketing is, like, look at this, like, room of endless people in pods. That is five seconds in the finale. Yeah. That is one of the last fucking things you see with no context for what you're looking at. You know, I that's think... most of the show, right? It's like, hey, here's an idea. We're not going to do anything with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's another idea. Here's an idea why Fury walks in the hallway to get to a room to have a conversation for 10 minutes before we move on to the next bit. It's, it's like they had a, a brainstorm session in a room with a whiteboard, right? And they were like, okay, we want to do Secret Invasion because we like to name some of our projects after comic runs. So they wrote Secret Invasion, circled it. And they were like, all right, so obviously we can't do 
you know, we have respawn timers, Marvel bullshit. So respawn time. <laughs> I, we can't do that. And we can't use a ton of these legacy characters for like, even beyond the, like, we don't want to involve these characters for bloat's sake, getting Chris Evans to be in it, getting RDJ to be in it, getting anyone from the original group to be in it, or anyone that might be working on a different project at the time is going to be tough. So we yeah. need to keep it to a core principal cast. And to do that, it's easiest to stick with our hero characters that will take minimal special effects. Uh, Nick Fury is our shield dude. And we already set up that he's with the Skrulls. Nick Fury. Circle Nick Fury. And then we do... Okay, so we have Nick Fury and we have Secret Invasion. And well, Nick Fury's a spy. We can do Spy, th- spy Thriller. And we gotta set up uh, more more scroll intimacy into the into the MCU because Fantastic Four is coming. All right, Super Scroll. Circle that. And then, all right, we need... Well, there needs to be a core thing with why we already said the scroll is not being bad guys. Why are the scroll doing villain things all of a sudden? Um, angry and fury. Okay. Angry at fury. And they keep doing that over now, the whole board. Now, now, Tom, why is he angry at fury? <laughs> anyway, we'll get, to that. we'll get to that, you know, and then they keep doing that conversation and then they walked out of the room. And then they said, we'll get to that 18 fucking came. times. Someone else came in and went, man, Jack, Chat GPT is kind of a cool thing. What if I ran all these prompts through it at once and printed out a script? Boom. You looking for this? I believe it. Yeah. Uh, like the, it comes to mind because like all the complaints we've been talking about, I, uh, the Bastards episodes about AI children's books. If you listen to that, Jared. Yes. Um, we're basically like behind the, the bastards, not ionized bastards. Yeah. I throw, I, oh, yeah. I, we, we both just abbreviate <laughs> that to just bastards a lot of the time. Um, to clarify the Robert Evans podcast we listen to. Yeah, we're like the principal thing is like they're they're just making these not stories of plot. Like they're taking a, a plot thread and just printing that into a children's book instead of putting a meaning behind whatever's saying or like a lesson to be learned for children's books. And it's like they did that, but for a Marvel script. And I'm not obviously I'm not legitimately saying it was AI generated, but oh, yeah. I, I think they were like someone else walked into that room and saw the whiteboard, and they and Marvel was like, "Yeah, just do that." And they went, "You want me to include all of this?" Okay, and some poor intern wrote this script that they were like, "Yep, that's fine." <laughs> I think you're. I think you're right. I think mm. I, it's, it feels like at least. Um, we're coming up on time here soon because I know Travis has to leave us in a moment. Uh, so as as we kind of wind down, I said this before. We we're going to throw to uh, uh, our patron director Jake. Any questions he has, uh, or the question he had that I said we we're going to save for the season review. Uh, he says, "So how long do you think Ross and Rhodey were scrolls?" Because unfortunately, we got almost no information on either, and probably won't uh, until Ironheart or Armor Wars. Now, of course, this was uh, sent to, this was sent to us on July twenty seventh, so this was pre uh, the director of Secret Wars going, yeah, like Civil War, I guess. 
Um, which makes sense. You know, there was a, I, I, I think that that was the, the obvious, you know, yeah. Read between the lines. He's in a hospital gown. He, he can't walk right. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's pretty much set in stone. Rhodey got abducted, uh, after he got shot down by vision. Um, Everett Ross is an interesting one. My theory is that I think it happens during Wakanda Forever. I think he gets scooped up while he's in federal custody. And then whenever Okoye comes to rescue him, that's a scroll. That's like, like Okoye rescues a scroll Ross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I can even see him saying it happened off screen. To be honest, I think we're going to get, I don't know that we'll ever actually get confirmation on when Ross was taken. I don't think we will now. Not with the reception to this show. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't think that's, I think that's fair with the MCU. The MCU has a habit of like running back to the well of things that you would have thought was poisoned and like continuing to acknowledge its existence. Like how many fucking like important beats have been divinated from Iron Man 2 and Thor The Dark World. Retroactive. One of the greatest MCU movies in Thor The Dark World, you mean? Yes. Yes. I'm struggling uh, to think of The Dark World. Like, what beat you're talking about? Worthy. Endgame. Still worthy. Endgame. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's some yeah. important character development for Loki that starts with Dark World. You know? Like yeah, I'm not even saying it as well as a good bit, you know. So like, I don't. Iron Man two is like fucking foundational to the MCU, and they won't let you. You know, they they refuse to let that one go. People below Age of Ultron's the worst Avengers movie. Age of Ultron is a huge part of the DNA to fucking Wandavision. Oh, you know. So I I I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, oh yeah, no, Secret Evasion is important. I'm not even liking it. Yeah, I'm not even saying that they won't do it because of the reception of Secret Invasion. I'm saying they won't do it because they don't care. I, I shouldn't say they don't care enough, but like, I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, no one's no one's gonna make the effort to be like. So when was besides us right now? Like, no one's gonna clamor about it for years to find out. You know, I don't think. I don't think it's gonna be that integral. Besides the fact that yeah, he was just in Wakanda forever. And then you yeah. like the it's so easy to be like, yeah, it happened after my last time in Wakanda. The next and time I, he shows up. And I think that is another symptom of the lack of availability to the like greater Marvel ensemble here. Like again, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to diminish Everett Ross. I, I do enjoy his Kim as a character, but like that whole like who the fuck cares how long Everett Ross was a scroll, yeah. um, like is born out now, of the fact that you, like, you, you didn't have like what'd you say? Why wasn't it Valentina? Because we're still setting her up and she hasn't been the villain for Thunderbolts yet or the leader for the Thunderbolts yet. But you could still do it. Um, I, I know, but then you set her back to square one and we've already gotten all these like little bits and pieces of setup for her. I I think if you do Val, I think I oh, I think you really shoot yourself in the foot. I think you no. set I think you shoot set what, all more than what they have now. Like more than you have now, but I mean, I mean, I also so far is that she's putting together like a Dark Avengers. That's all we really have for her so far. Like, and that's all we need. So if we find out, oh, she was a scroll this whole time, 
now we're back to square zero and just know that Julia Louise Dreyfus is floating around out there. Yeah. I also think that like yeah. they in on the opposite, I think they could have done more to set up Brody just in the ca- sense of like, we've known secret invasion was coming for a while. Yeah. We had a whole phase yeah. of Marvel that Rhodey was only in one project of why was Rhodey not more involved than anything earthbound? Yeah. When did they to, announce secret invasion? Was it in that original Phase Four lineup? I can't remember. No, I no. want to say it was that. I want to say it was that crazy fucking night of announcements in 2020. I could be wrong, but I think that was the night we got all those crazy Star Wars announcements too, with like Lando and oh, Rogue the, um, and Rangers. Yeah, yeah it was shareholders it was like, thing. Yeah, that yeah, the shareholders call. That was a fun week for Team Teenout. We were already like struggling to find time to record a Mandalorian review. And then it was like, <laughs> Hey, look at all these announcements, fucker. Um, yeah, it was announced. So I, I, I do had... What was it? December so it was 2020. Oh, cool. Well, I, I did not think I was right. There you go. So they've obviously known for a while. So they could have so easily done what you just said. Like have Rhodey be in more things mm-hmm. and then have it be since phase four. Like post. Why was it Rhodey in Wakanda, Wakanda forever? forever. <laughs> There's an echo going on, good there. And you and you can I know us Italians, you'll think of like Mamma Mia Pasta Bowl. Um <laughs> but like you can you no seriously, you can you you can start laying the groundwork of him like having like of him being on the same side as the CIA. Yeah. Being all yeah. weird about like trying to invade or like start conflict with Wakanda. And it'd be like, hey yo, where the fuck did that come from, James? What? <laughs> what are you smoking, bro? Some shit like that. You know, how, I, I do feel like now, though, the, having been a little bit more Falcon and the Winter Soldier and be like super aggressive about the Flag Smashers. Yeah, because somebody's got to care about them, even like oh. have him be the Coulson of phase four. I mean, like, granted, this is, again, too late to talk about, but like the Coulson being kind of this linchpin character in phase one of the mcu of like he's at all of these moments yeah. that would be interesting you can do that with roadie and then the invert it by being like but actually it wasn't roadie that would have been interesting i'm like i'm like actively trying to find a way to work roadie into hawkeye like right now you know uh, i think there's like some way to be like hey the fucking I, I keep, in the track suit. This is a problem. Like I keep hearing rumbles of uh, mafia nonsense, and I work for the government. What the hell are you doing, Clint? Like, that's yeah, a phone call. That's yeah. it. Yeah, like this is not the kind of unrest we want. Try to pull Clint back. Hey, invade Wakanda. And <laughs> you could have you could have easily had something like Rhodey warns Clint about Yelena. Because they worked the Elena in that show quite easily. Just have him be the one that was. That would have been good, too. Like, he's like, you know... I like. By oh, the way, hey. this Russian assassin's after you. Like, heads up. Might spark World War Three. Titan secret invasion. Yeah, this Russian assassin's after you. And like, and then you can kind of... And, and again, like, okay, let, let's work Valentina back into this. She's on the fucking scent, too. She's like, something's yeah, not yeah. right with Colonel James Rhodes. Yeah, and she would have been better than Olivia Coleman's character because how the hell does she not know? 
Uh, <laughs> Biggest surprise like, of the show. You can literally just have Val do this. I am telling you right now, that motherfucker, that motherfucker back there is not real. Boom. You looking for this? I'm glad I got it. I just like you to know I kept that in, in our little spoiler. You better clip. have. I, I played did, so yeah. many clips. Yeah. I was like, I you better did, stay yeah. in. Well, they all um, stayed in. Yeah. Good. Good. For those of you at home who are not aware, uh, comic book cast uses Skype to record. And for some did, reason, yeah, yeah. for some We're reason, <laughs> my whole setup catches fire every time I open Skype. Uh, so we've just gone, ah, fuck it. We'll just record uh, CBC TNAP crossovers on StreamYard, uh, which gives me the unfettered power <laughs> to, in the middle of a, of, a, of a very serious conversation, play something like this. <laughs> my voice. Which has no context on the comic cast channel. No, no, it is that. Which makes it funnier, personally, for me. A a Scotty J. Rowe cameo on comic book cast is deeply funny to me. Um, But yeah, all of that to say, I think Secret Invasion had a lot of had a lot of potential that was not fully followed up on. Uh, you're not going to win them all, but you know what? I'm looking forward to Echo and Loki. At least Echo's all in a week or a weekend, right? Yeah. Stopping on one day. Uh... One day Echo, get Loki in uh, October, which I cannot wait for. That trailer was so good. I cannot wait to talk about the trailer on a news roundup episode. Um, but yeah, anybody else any uh, closing thoughts on Secret Invasion? All right. I missed the secret. I did miss the secret too. Uh, with that, the I will throw. Was there was no secret. The secret was the scrolls that we knew who were scrolls the entire time along the way. Unless uh, you're Olivia Coleman, the only was... person genuinely surprised in that show about scroll, had ten minutes of screen time. Can we also talk about the fact that they know, like like Olivia Coleman's character is the only one who just like shoots a motherfucker and goes, "Oh well, yeah, that's purple." Yeah, um, and that happens to nobody else. Uh, until She's they- the only one that is that no know- somehow knows people are scrolls, yet is surprised at Rhodes. I just that that one bit just sums up the entire show for me. It's like okay, that's uh, that's the level we're going for. Okay, with that, I'm going to throw to future Jared to uh, do our outros and some programming notes. And that is all for this episode of the Nerd Academy podcast. Uh, thank you guys uh, again for watching. Uh, I, I don't like doing episodes like this. I really don't. Um, you know, we we, 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 we we take it upon ourselves to do these reviews and everything. And, you know, I, I like to be able to put a bow on something and do a full season review. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't it doesn't just sit right. You know, um, I don't I don't like making uh negative content but you know it's it's part of doing the whole critic thing um you know a lot of the time you end up feeling like you're getting lumped in with people who just have dookie takes uh like i said the people who are like oh it's inherently bad because no superheroes and i think that's a silly opinion to have uh but anyway uh thank you guys for watching you can find mitch at 692 tweets 
Uh, you can find and the comic book cast as well. Uh, you can find Travis over at Travis Political on all social media. You can find me at Dark Jedi twenty five fifty two uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. And you can find the Nerd Academy podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, uh, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, and on our website www.thenerdacademypodcast.com, where if you're feeling generous, you can donate to our Patreon. Hey, give me a dollar. Pittsburgh Renaissance Festival is coming up, and I cannot wait to see him again. Speaking of our patrons, thank you to our $10 alumnus, Keandre Lloyd. Congratulations. Wrong one. Oh. Colin Provolone. <laughs> Sir. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, from the front lines of the information war, it's Alex Jones. To our other $10 patron, Ray Clawson, who asks that you donate to Equality Texas and help protect uh, queer kids in the Lone Star State. Uh, Going over, wonderful cause to support. I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, Also, a shout out to a new patron, uh, friend of the show, Eli of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Uh, he, right after we recorded last week, uh, joined the Patreon. He's been enjoying the Versus series, and I think you will too. So yeah, Eli's now a $5 patron, uh, so thank you to our dear commissioner from Epic Confrontations. Uh, like I said before, uh, we're gonna have our Rise of the Red Blade review with, uh, one Scotty Holiday. Very excited to talk to them. And Mr. Radtastic episode coming soon. I want to get like at least one or two more Star Wars topic episodes out before Ahsoka starts up. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so very much for watching or listening. Be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, do all the things. Uh, oh yeah, also I'm, I'm wearing it right now. I rarely do because I'm a Roosevelt's boy. You guys know that because uh, I like my button downs. I always feel so so cool and sophisticated in them. But go ahead and get some TNAP merch too. I'm trying to find that Public clip. But damn, there it is. Click on the student store link on the nerdacademypodcast.com. Take you to our Public. You can get a sick shirt like this. We got the logo on the back and everything. Go on over and get one of these. But uh, thank you all so very much for watching and listening. And class dismissed. Stop!